Hello and welcome to another episode of the DOS Game Club podcast. This is episode 80 in which we are discussing the game we played in March, which is Star Wars Dark Forces, um, developed and published by LucasArts in 1995. Now, I'm Tyne. I'm Martijn, Tijn on the forums, uh, and I'm not going to talk about this game all by myself because he's back again. Our trusty co-host Florian is here. Hello. Hey, welcome. We missed you last time. I missed you guys too. Yeah, glad to have you back. Uh, another March shooter month, right? Yeah, another anniversary actually. Yes, I, I, for I forget. Sixth anniversary. Yes, exactly. We're old. We're, we're, we're um, primary school kids now. <laughs> in Germany, at least. I don't know about your countries. Yeah. Uh, in, in the Netherlands, I think kids go to school at age four. So we've been a primary school kid for a while here. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's cool. I mean, we, do, we try to do these blockbuster type shooters, right? Yep. And I thought for a while that maybe we had run through the big ones. No. There's still a lot left. There is a lot left, and Dark Forces is, is definitely one of them. Exactly, yeah. Once we run out of first-person shooters, there's also a lot of three-person shooters, uh, third-person shooters we can still play, so... Mm, good point. All right, so uh, we have a bunch of guests. Uh, first of all, returning member Tigerquall is here. Hello there. Hey. Last time you were here, not too long ago, was it? I think I have the Beholder? Yes, yeah, I have the Beholder. So another first-person game. It's not quite a shooter, though. No, otherwise different in, in every possible aspect. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I read on the forums that you managed to, to, to beat the game, to play it through to the end. I did, yes. That's awesome. Yes, I think the sort of dopamine hits of, <laughs> of a first-person shooter keeps me, keeps me going to the end a little easier than, uh, than some games. Hmm, yeah, well, that's great. We'll we'll dive in all about like what what goes on and into the game and everything. But yeah, it's, it's great that you've seen it all. You know, it's uh, yeah, love that. Uh, and also, we're joined by a new member. It's Niklas or Killer Shrew on the forums. Hello. Hey. Uh, so thanks for joining. I think you also played the game to the end, didn't you? Yes, I did. But I used the Force engine, ah. so I was a bit lazy and used quick saves and stuff. Ah, right. <laughs> but still, essentially the same, the same thing, sort of. Cool. Uh, welcome, and 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 cool that that we have new people on. I mean, uh, yeah, that's always exciting. Have you have you been listening to the podcast for a while, or or did you just find out about us? Or uh, I found out about you for the shadow over oh i can't remember shadow over Innsmouth is the original lovecraft story but the game is called something else i think yes yes uh what was that we we did that for october i think we tried to have these shadow of the comet yes shadow of the oh, comet yes. that's the one uh, and you had a swedish uh, participant that mm -hmm. i knew from before or i Ooh. knew of he used to write for Swedish PC Gamer. Yes, Robin. So I saw him post the episode and then I listened to that episode and then I uh, listened to pretty much the whole back catalogue. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's a lot of episodes. A lot of hours. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's that's great. I mean, welcome. 
And uh, yeah, let's, I don't know, let's, let's just talk about Dark Forces, right? Let's talk. delivers the plans to the Rebel Alliance. Soon afterwards, the Death Star is destroyed. But even as the Alliance celebrates this victory, another sinister plot is set in motion that will become an even greater concern for the Rebellion. demonstration, General Monk. Thank you, Lord Vader. What I unveil today will mark a new era for the Empire. We will be able to decimate the Rebels just as we did the Jedi Knights. At last, the Emperor's War will be filled only with the glory and beauty of decisive victory. A noble cause, General. I hope the demonstration lives up to your claims. A new type of stormtrooper, the Dark Trooper. A new stormtrooper that can take out a rebel base that quickly? I should have kept working for the Empire. The Rebel Command is not taking this lightly. They have authorized me to hire you to find out if there is a threat, and if there is, to shut it down. That is, if you are still on our side. This could be interesting. Alright, I'm in. excuse for an officer will no longer divulge any more information to that rebel, Kyle Katarn. Katarn will not be as easy to deal with. He is very resourceful. More resourceful, it seems, than even your dark troopers. First things first, um, this game came through the suggestion forums, didn't it? I think so, anyway. Yes, it did. You, um, our user Katsumoto um, suggested it, like, a couple of years ago. Huh. Uh, he was a bit active on the forum for a while, but hasn't been for two years now, so a bit sad. Hmm. Yeah, it happens, I guess, with, uh, with these old forums. We don't have all the, you know, all the, the, the modern viral features that keep people... <laughs> coming back so it's not discord no it's not we don't have notifications and we don't send out these emails like oh you've you've missed messages mm -hmm. and no yeah i guess i guess that's the old schoolness of it but still cool that that um the, the game was suggested through the forums yeah so yeah cool um shall we do a little round of like who who played the game before stuff like that sure so um yeah start with you florian 
Yeah, I haven't. Um, <laughs> uh, I did, however, play um, Jedi Knight 2. Uh, at least the demo when it came out, I played it for for hours and hours and hours. Um, just oh. the, the level that was included in the demo because I didn't have money at the time, obviously, because I was young. And then a while later, I figured, I found out about Dark Forces and the um, the history of, of the Jedi Knight series. And But then I wasn't really interested because the game was a couple of years old at the time and there were new exciting games to play. And it wasn't wasn't retro yet. I wasn't yet into retro either. So yeah, makes sense. I, I knew about it. I, I had seen some videos, but I've never really played it before this month. No. And then Half Life came out, and exactly. Yeah. Why would you go back? Um, is Jedi Knight is the the sequel, right? Yes. It's called it's called Jedi Knight Dark Forces Two. Yeah, exactly. And I think from that point on, the series is called Jedi Knight. Yes. So yeah, that's perfect. Uh, is that the one that introduces uh, lightsaber combat? I think the first one does, yes, but I've only played the second one. And it, had, it had super cool lightsaber combat. That's why I really loved it. Awesome. Yeah, that's the, uh, Dark Forces doesn't have this, right? Dark Forces is a pure shooter, Doom style. That's a... Uh, it was kind of a big deal. Do you, did you, do you remember hearing about it at the time at all? No. It was after I played a bit of, of Jedi Knight 2 that I figured I should, I should read up a bit about the game's origin, and that's how I found out about Dark Forces. Right, right, right. But maybe you weren't also reading game magazines in general at the time, in 95? Um, I think in 95 I wasn't yet. Um, yeah, my, my pocket money wasn't enough for game, game magazines. Exactly. And, and let alone games. Yeah, exactly. Right. So... Um, is it different for for you guys, Bjorn? Did you did you hear about this game back in the day when it came out? I didn't. I don't think I heard a lot about it. I I definitely know like the look of the post or the look of the um the the box art. So I'm sure I've seen it around, but yeah, none of my friends played it. I hadn't played it. Um, it's just something that I guess was in the back of my mind, but never really conscious about. Hmm. Wow. That's that's a little bit surprising to be honest, because. In my memory, this game was a really big deal, but maybe, yeah, it it did follow up. Um, I mean, it has strong Doom influences and, and the whole first person shooter genre was really big at the time anyway. So maybe there were a lot of games to focus on, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's the reason. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say it might have been because of Duke 3D, but I think Dark Forces was 94, was it? Or 95? Five. Okay, 95, yeah. So Duke 3D was 96, so it could have yeah. had a bit to do with that as well. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Dark Forces was late 95 and Duke was uh, January 96, so they weren't far apart. Just months apart, yeah. Were you playing a lot of other first-person shooters at the time, though? Um, at the time, my computer wasn't... <laughs> Wasn't probably good enough for the uh, for the um, best first person shooters. I could, I was just barely able to play Doom. <laughs> it was it ran a bit slowly, and then by the time we got a bit of a better PC, I did play a lot of Duke 3D. Yeah. Um. So that that could be the other reason this one sort of passed me by. It was just in a awkward window. I mean, it was a fast moving time as well. I mean, you bought a computer, and like a few months later, it was out of date. So, yeah. <laughs> I can see that happening. Were you a big Star Wars fan, though? I mean, that's another angle to come at this game. Yeah, I've always been. Yeah, always been a bit of a Star Wars fan. Um, had yeah, had the box set of the original trilogy. 
uh, unfortunately, it was just the uh, um, George Lucas mangled <laughs> version. Uh, but um, on VHS, uh, but yeah, a lot, I really liked Star Wars at the time. Um, yeah, sorry, I've, uh, I'm wrangling with a cat at the moment. <laughs> ah, that's <laughs> well, that's that's welcome, a welcome guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, no, I have always been yeah more of a Star Wars fan than than Star Trek, for example. Um, wasn't like uh, a mega fan, so didn't like play all the RPGs and read all the comics. But yeah, loved the movies and yeah, was really into that sort of stuff. Hmm. And did you play any of the other Star Wars games that were coming out? Because there was a lot of Star Wars video game stuff happening, I feel, around that time, like Rebel Assault and TIE Fighter, X-Wing, all that stuff. Yeah, I was definitely aware of TIE Fighter and X-Wing, and I think some friends had those ones and they really liked them. Um, But yeah, just uh, I think the usual story of, you know, you only got one game a year (laughs) Mm. sort of thing, and it just, if it wasn't, that one then then you just had to play what you got basically yeah yeah for sure there was a demo of a rebel assault on my seven max cd so that was great oh. i played that as well for a long time nice i mostly got by by playing demos mm. <laughs> well that's fair i think there was a demo of uh, of dark forces as well um how was it for you nicholas did you play this game back when it came out uh, i did actually and i think I came from Doom, you know, and Mm -hmm. for Doom, there was a lot of total conversions, both for Doom and for Doom 2. And I think uh, without having the numbers, I think the most common total conversion was probably Star Wars. So there was different Star Wars wads, as they were called, for Doom. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when I saw this was in development, then uh, I really wanted to play this game. Because, you know, the the wads were one thing. Uh, At best, they maybe had uh, changed the weapon sprite to a blaster rifle, but it still fired the same bullets as uh, Doom. But this was, you know, the real thing. Exactly. Uh, Did you read about it in in magazines and stuff? Because I remember it was hyped up, this game, back in the... Like, before it came out, just there was a lot of buzz around it. They got really great reviews in Swedish gaming magazines. So, And I think there were probably previews. I haven't found any. Hmm. But uh, I, knew, I know we looked forward to it for a while before it came out. Yeah, exactly. So you you bought it like when it came out? Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, nice weather. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you got it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's perfect. I don't have the box in any case. No, I don't remember ever, ever having the box. Yeah, and and yeah, I don't know what happened. Did you did you play it all the way through right back then? I don't think so. I wasn't one to finish shooters back then. I played them for a while, and then I don't think this has multiplayer. But then usually we played some multiplayer player like in in Duke and uh, Doom, but. Uh, I wasn't a completionist. Yeah, the way I, the way I played was mostly with cheat codes back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I would find cheat codes and then I would check all the levels out that way, but never completing them. Yeah, I, I did it this time as well because all the backtracking <laughs> you had to go back to the spaceship. I was like, nah, no, no way. No, <laughs> I no, just no. used this LA skip next level. Come next on. level, please. Yeah. <laughs> 
So did you play it uh, any time in between back then and now, Nicholas? No, never. I, I hadn't revisited it at all. And I didn't play much of the sequels either, actually. I tried. I tried Jedi, Jedi Knight and Jedi Knight 2. But beyond that, probably not much. And, and not a big Star Wars fan either? or Like beyond, I'm probably a, a fringe Star Wars fan. So I told myself I would stay away from commenting on Star Wars lore in this episode. Okay. As soon as we do, there will be 100 people telling us we're wrong. So Yes, well, uh, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan either. I'm not sure anyone is. Maybe Florian is the, the biggest one. Uh, I wouldn't even call myself a massive Star Wars fan. I mean, I, I like all the movies, even the new ones and the series. But I actually had to get pretty old before I watched um, the original trilogy as a whole. Because mm. uh, when the first few times I watched it, it was like, oh, this is a bit boring. But I think it was mostly because I was never really paying attention when it was on TV. I was like doing other stuff. And then the first time I watched it actually in sequence and paid attention, then kind of kind of got to me. So Yeah. So, you know, none of us are true deep Star Wars super fans. We're kind of familiar, but I don't think we are real fans, right? I don't know. That's okay. We can still talk about Star Wars. Of course, the other thing is too the um, I guess the lore or the or the canon that was that was true um, for Dark Forces has all been thrown away now by Disney. So um, mm. we can talk about whatever we want because it's not really relevant anyway. <laughs> in a, in a way, depending on yeah. what you consider to be the true canon. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's in in general interesting to think about what a different time it was for Star Wars because. Back when Dark Forces came out, well, there was the original trilogy like that started in the 70s. It's six years before Phantom Menace. Exactly. So, yeah, there were... I mean, there was some other stuff, right? Like someone mentioned comics and I don't know, was there... Uh, novels. There were always lots of novels. I know my cousin had like yeah. a whole wall full of, of Star Wars novels. <laughs> yeah. So, th I mean, there was some stuff, but... It was not like it is today, where, you know, every other year a, a Star Wars film comes out. It was a different Star Wars landscape, I would say. Actually, I remember a friend of mine telling me that it was, I can't remember, uh, uh, X-Wing or TIE Fighter, but one of those games, I'm pretty sure, was the first time anything had actually been filmed for Star Wars since the original series came out. Right, yeah, I believe that. There hadn't been a lot of real official Star Wars stuff produced since the third film or the sixth film in a way, I guess, or the whatever, you know. I don't know. I, do you think maybe Lucas was testing the waters with these games, like seeing if there was still interest in Star Wars or just trying to keep the brand alive, maybe? It is interesting that like for almost 20 years there was no film and then suddenly it exploded again and this this gaming period is right in the middle of that so oh sorry uh, the reason i heard for that was um after the original trilogy george lucas sort of semi retired to raise his kids hmm. uh, and then when they were old enough he started getting back into making that sort of stuff again there were uh, an early wireframe arcade star wars game as well and a few side-scrollers for consoles. Mm -hmm. Like the SNES game where you fight 
where you fight uh, Darth Vader and he turns into a scorpion. <laughs> is that canon? I think that's canon. <laughs> yeah, is that is that Super Star Wars or something? I, I yeah, no, that, that's that's for the super uh, super NES. Is that the same one? I don't know, but yeah, there have always been Star Wars games, I guess, but. Still, it feels different in the 90s because it was actually Lucas making them and they were, I think, more focusing on being true to the films and, and having, you know, the real music in it and everything. They feel different to me than the 1980s Star Wars games, which are more arcadey nonsense, really. Sadly, never a, a, a Lucas point-and-click Star Wars game never was made. I mean, that was... Seems obvious, doesn't it? <sighs> that's That's such a... Ah, that's that's the that's the thing that really saddens my heart. <laughs> but oh well, it's not it's not there. It, it's no use. Um, to finish this this personal history round, by the way, I don't think I played this back in the day. I I was definitely aware of it because I was reading. I I think I was starting to read gaming magazines in '95. Um, so yeah, I did read about them hyping up this game and it seemed really cool but i guess i had no money and it just never crossed paths so i didn't get it and also i wasn't a huge star wars fan so it wasn't like a must buy or anything so it wasn't in the famous shoebox you say no 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 that, that was that was earlier i mean the, those, those were mostly 80s and, and early 90s games i mean those were all five and a quarter inch floppy disks hmm. so yeah not this this sort of uh, high fidelity stuff uh in there um i did get mostly pirated games later but and i'm sure this was on one of them actually i, I had these like cds like four cd boxes filled with ripped games like 200 games on a four cds box set I don't know. I just never played it. I played other shooters. I played Doom. I played Duke Nukem. Not this one. I don't know. I can't really explain it. It's just passed me by. And also never played it since. So this was actually the first time checking it out. Should we quickly explain the game? Because I think we've already mentioned a lot of things and it's actually not very hard to explain this game for people who are completely new to it, right? I mean, it's basically a Doom reskin. <laughs> well, yeah. It adds a few features, right? Both in gameplay and in, in graphics fidelity. But yeah, it's the basic game cycle is the same as in Doom, I'd say. Yeah. And and what does it expand upon? Like, what does it add? It adds the uh, uh, room over room, sort of. It does it. I think it does it in the same way that Duke did. Uh, Duke 3D. With portals and stuff. Yes. Just one big uh 2d map but you when you stick your head through some area you'll be transported to another area and it looks like you're above the previous area but you're actually beside it yeah exactly and also uh looking up down jumping crouching we had those in um, rise of the triad for example so it wasn't entirely new wait is rise of the triad 94 <laughs> i think it's also 95 but i'm not sure there were a lot of shooters in this time. Look, 94, so Rise of the Triad is a bit older. Yes, it is a bit like that. It's a bit, you know, it's one of the shooters of that age. It's not true 3D. It's not polygons and stuff. It's um, 
but adds a few polygons here and there for for style. Mm-hmm. They don't have any. I don't think they have any gameplay relevance, but they look cool. Yeah, and I think that the the one true novelty is all the the storyline stuff with the cutscenes and everything. Yeah, honestly, I was a, I was a bit impressed by by how much there was. Really, I mean. We always talk about Half-Life when we say um, story shooter or cinematic shooter, but really this is this is properly cinematic. Yes, yes, exactly. I, I had the same thing, um, especially in the opening levels. There's a lot of footage. There's you know, there's an intro, then you play a level, and there's a, there's more cutscenes, and yeah, it's it really pulls you in. Also explains why the game needs a CD. <laughs> mm, for sure, because I think the game itself without the cutscenes would easily fit on the floppy disk probably yeah yeah i'm sure it's all the the animations or the the what is it the 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 fmvs in between that's really the 95 percent of the disk is filled with that probably some music maybe i don't know but yeah so yeah the, the, the this game it's it's a shooter it with with a story um and nicholas already mentioned there were a lot of fan-made star wars uh doom worlds so it's it's basically that <laughs> but of course much improved upon uh official but by the way it's also the first game to have all that that i know of that has secondary fire modes on weapons oh i don't know but it does all the things that i thought were half-life are actually really in this game for the first time <laughs> at least as far as i'm aware now yeah yeah in terms of mechanics this is like what you would expect in a modern shooter or modern but like the the basics are all there. I don't know if this was like the first game with secondary fire mode, but an early one at least. Yeah, right. We we got a voice message, didn't we? Yes, we did from our user watchful who has sent in I don't know how many voice messages by now, and we are very grateful for that. Yes. So here's another one. Greetings, club. Uh, Dark forces was exactly what my teenage self yearned for in the mid nineties. An FPS for the real story, the world of Star Wars, and coherent levels. And replaying in 2023 with the club was even more enjoyable, because I now possess the patience to solve the puzzles and navigate the sprawling areas. It was even better with tweaks from the DOS-compatible community patch, and modern improvements like high resolution and quick saves from the Force engine. Some of the better user mods like Dark Tide were also a treat. I wish I had taken them more seriously in the 90s. Instead, back then, I was so obsessed for true 3D, I embarked on making my own Star Wars mods for other games like Duke 3D and Quake. Anyway, it was a blast. Much thanks for the club and the podcast. Awesome. I definitely did not have the patience for all the puzzles. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it, isn't it a classic case of just being young and just having all the time in the world? I think it's that, you know. I, I would have been all over this game if I had played it as a 12-year-old 12, 12 probably. Also, this is the second time the, the the Force engine is mentioned, right? That's like a modern. It's one of those open source re-implementation things where you can run it on modern hardware or software. Yes, I used that exclusively to play it. I didn't even try it with the original controls, so I can't really speak to how it controls. Hmm. How it controlled in 1995. Yeah, but it's uh, the Force engine adds completely modern controls. Exactly. I think for 95, it was just the FPS controls. I mean, every game did it this way. Mm -hmm. But this time was the first time I actually challenged myself to only play with keyboard. Uh, it makes things quite a bit harder. 
yeah, I don't know. It's it's the way I grew up with it, so I'm I'm used to it. It's just yeah, control to fire is just the classic way. But yeah, so this this force engine, it it all makes it uh, was the keys and mouse look and stuff like that. I imagine. Yes, the it's uh, really easy to set up the force engine, and I hope they uh, expand it so that you can play Outlaws in uh, the force engine. Oh, is that not playable yet? No. Oh. Not as far as I could tell. Right. Side note, Outlaws was my very first uh, multiplayer FPS experience. Oh, nice. I had a friend in school who shared a room with his brother and they had a P60 and a P90 and they were um, wired together via a serial cable and we played it for hours. That's a cool setup. Where are you, Marshall? That's it was. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Does Outlaws use the same engine then as Dark Forces? I assume it's it's a bit um, improved upon because it's two years newer. So mm-hmm. I would I would assume it has some updates. It has true uh, room over room, I think. So you can actually be outside and see someone on the roof if you're playing multiplayer. Huh. Because there's large outdoor areas. So I guess they had to uh, add the possibility of having true room over room. Yeah. I, I think it's higher resolution. I think there's more than 320 by 200. And Windows only, so hmm. not for us. Ah, oh, that's that's too bad. Right. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the, the premise and the, the backstory. I think it's mostly mentioned in the manual, although it does come up in the cutscenes as well. You play as um, a, a new character they they uh, created for this game, Kyle Katarn, Katarn, something like that. And you are a former Imperial officer who has become a mercenary for hire. And you're uh, hired by the Rebel Alliance to, yeah, fight. Fight the baddies. That's the classic uh, story, really. Um, I don't know if you guys read this, but there's there's like a two-page backstory in the manual which goes all to his childhood. Um, it's like he grew up on, on a farm and, and then his parents were murdered by, well, by rebels, he was told. So then Kyle became really upset with the rebels and he joined the Imperial Academy. And there he met... Uh, Jan Ors, a double agent working for the rebels, and he told him the truth because his parents were actually killed by the Empire. So then he's all conflicted and they both get out of the academy. But also Jan Ors is found out that he's this double agent. So then uh, I think he's arrested and Kyle rescues him and they both escape. And now they're really upset with the Empire and, and they want to help the rebels again, something like that. It just surprised me how they go back to his childhood and stuff. I mean, this 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 isn't really in the game, is it? No, no. Well, I I didn't know any of that. I I, I just got my copy from. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's on GOG. I think that's where I got it. Or is it Abandonware? I can't remember now. <laughs> but no, I didn't even read the manual. I just got uh, what's in the cutscenes, mm-hmm. which is perfectly fine. I mean, you can just play. You don't have to know any of this. It's not relevant at all because. The way the game plays is you get briefed for every level and it, it it mostly just has one or two objectives like fetch this or kill that or destroy this. If you just do that, it's fine. You don't you don't have to know why. 
also want to point out that it's very innovative for Star Wars to have close family on a farm killed by the Empire. Mm. <laughs> yes. That's unheard of We've before. Never seen. <laughs> We've never seen this. <laughs> um, I just looked up, by the way, it is on GOG, so... No. And it's, oh, it's actually on sale right now. It's only uh, €1.80. It's the same price on Steam, by the way. Right. Same sale, even the same percentage of, for some reason. Mm. I'm sure that comes with a manual PDF, probably. And you can read all about Kyle Katarn's farm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go back and check it out. Yeah. And then after, after well, this is not really in the game, but, but what is in the game is that it opens with um, a mission to fetch the plans for the Death Star, I believe. Yes. Which means, I mean, those are the plans that the original films are all about, right? Well, no, they, the first the first on episode four, um, they'd gotten the plans and it's sort of all about destroying the Death Star now that they had them. Exactly. But these are these are the plans. Like, you you got them. The reason why the ha films happen is because of Kyle. Obviously, that's, that's not canon anymore, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think Rogue One made this story obsolete. Yeah. Ah, oh, oh, they ruined the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure in the outskirts of the internet, someone has made these two work together. Mm, yes, in a fan fiction that yeah makes it all work. Um, but uh, after this first mission, uh, I, I would say the real game starts in the next mission where you're sent somewhere, I forgot where, but you're sent somewhere to look into this new type of trooper, right? This new type of soldier, the dark trooper. That's really what the whole rest of the game is about. And that's also the reason why it's called Dark Forces. Apparently the Empire is developing like a super soldier. Then your goal is to stop this project. I, I would say that's the story of the game. Yeah. Terminator Judgment Day came out in 92, I think. And these, these dark troopers look suspiciously like <laughs> Terminators. <laughs> I'm sure that's just a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so now you're uh, tasked with killing the dark troopers, or actually finding out more about them, and 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 uh, destroying the empire's ability to train and produce them. I guess. So, yeah, from this point on, it's just a series of levels. It's not a super large number of levels, is it? Thirteen, I think. They are very big level, or they they get to be quite big towards the end and convoluted. I think they're pretty large at start already. I mean, they're not unnavigable mazes, but they are. They're not straightforward. They're not little. They're they're not like Doom. They're not compact. As someone who got lost in Doom levels, <laughs> I have to say those levels were very <laughs> very complex. They are mostly modeled after um, quote unquote realistic space stations and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. it was still very convoluted, all in all. Yeah. Walls often look the same, mm -hmm. and uh, it's hard to know where you are. And when you progress in the game, then when you get to later levels, the doors look different than they did in early levels. So you have to go along the wall and click and see, is this a door? Is this a door? <laughs> like secret hunting in Doom, but it's not secrets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it's cool, though, that they try to go for this realistic level approach, like make it immersive, like you're in a, an actual location. Yeah. And I think they did quite well. Um, I mean, 
Duke 3D did a really good job of that as well. But um, given how uh, still fairly rudimentary the engine was and, you know, uh, the level of detail that you could actually do with it, I think it felt like a real place, Mm -hmm. most of the places you went. Yeah. Another thing they did to make this work, I think, is that they used different palettes for every level. So Mm. you are on this this desert planet where, where the mine is, I think, level four or five or something. And everything is like an orange red, and yeah, that was kind of cool. Even though my my eyes were really hurting after a half an hour of this this orange mess, but but it looked cool compared to Doom. The, the levels are very vertical for sure, and also I, I think it's just cool that they there's a lot of stuff that's not directly needed for the for for game reasons or like for story reasons. There's just you know, a little building here and it's implied that, oh, maybe this is a shop or this is a, I don't know, an engineering place. And it does make it feel like a real place instead of just, we we designed this so that you can kill the baddies and get the key because that's what Doom tends to feel like. But some of the puzzles take you out of, of that immersion, I think. Although the levels are very ambitious, but sometimes you just get taken out of the the immersion with the puzzles. Yeah, it's a bit sad that um, for one, the puzzles, all those those button pressing puzzles, they were <laughs> quite a bit uh, too much for me. And another thing that they still rely on the old uh, get key card to pro- progress uh, kind of puzzle. Mm-hmm. The number of times I was told I need the blue key card is just insane. <laughs> Completely different locations, but using the same color coded key system. I had one point where it was a key card dropped by one of the officers and the officers at that point, because I don't, it was only one of the early levels, just looked like the other baddies. And I think I killed it and picked up the key card and had no idea I had this key card. And I spent about 15 minutes backtracking, looking around, where's this bloody key card? <laughs> yeah. There are some other items in the game, like... Obviously, there are weapons and and ammo and there's health and shields. This is all basic stuff. But there's also slightly more interesting things. Like there's a a lamp. You can, like some areas are dark and then you can light it or or see in the dark. Yeah, you have night vision, right? Yeah, and it has batteries, so it drains. So that's that's novel. What I found really um, nasty was that you need the same batteries also for your uh, gas mask. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, each battery you, you pick up, I think it, it fills up the uh, um, the power completely, but then the battery is gone. So you had to time how long you would have between um, picking up the next battery. And I didn't realize at first, so I just ran over every battery I had because it was in this um, toxic atmosphere in this in this factory or what. Or what. Uh... And in the end, I ran out of batteries for my um, for my gas mask. <laughs> that was really really sad. You don't really pick them up. There's not really an inventory for batteries. They just... Just regular power up. They fill up your energy and then they're gone. Yeah. I think every time I used the lamp, I forgot to turn it off. <laughs> the batteries <laughs> ran out while I was in the light area. Yeah, that was um, the, uh, the second or third level, um, Anuad City. Um, there's so much under, underground stuff and I ran out of batteries halfway through and <laughs> I just played by by the um, auto map. <laughs> <laughs> was very enjoyable. <laughs> I must say, I, I kind of played by Automap in general, yeah. just because of how confusing the level layout is. So I often found myself just, 
you know, exploring the, the immediate area a bit and then immediately going to the auto map just to see. Where's the yellow line on the on the auto map? <laughs> yeah. Um, there is also, well, the, the air mask, you mentioned it, the gas mask. What is it? Um, there are ice boots. That's a novel item you don't see in every shooter, right? Yeah, but they made ice levels bearable, right? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the weapons themselves are mostly pretty normal. I, I mean, they are obviously Star Wars themed. But there's a mortar. I mean, you get you get heavy artillery. To, yes, <laughs> to help you. So yeah, there's there's. Let me see. There's there's more. Uh, there there are, there's one of or two interesting weapons. I think there seems to be a lot of this very similar weapons. Like I felt like there was a lot of just variations on the blaster. Hmm. Uh, let's see. The, the the classic blaster rifle, but there's definitely just a lot of pistols and guns and just, yeah. They all felt kind of similar. I mean, the one that shoots green, I, don't, I forgot the name. It shoots like green plasma or something. Hmm. That one had, had a nice spread secondary fire mode that could clear entire rooms pretty quickly. But they also, I think they also used all the more or less the same ammo, right? There was like two energy cell types for energy weapons and they were shared between multiple weapons each time so mm. kind of nice because um the one thing that i had the most problem with in, the, in my playthrough was ammo for someone like me that had you know only pretty much only watched the original trilogy when they came out i think all the the weapons except for the blaster rifle feels kind of redundant mm. because if you have a blaster rifle you just want to shoot stormtroopers with a blaster <laughs> rifle and you don't need anything else <laughs> that, that's super satisfying isn't it um, and, and you need to because um, you run out of ammo if you don't so it's nice that they put stormtroopers in the beginning of most levels so you can fill up your ammo kind of quickly mm -hmm. that's one thing i liked about the weapons were that they're not specific you don't need specific weapons to kill specific enemies. Mm -hmm. You can kill the dark troopers with a blaster rifle if you have enough ammo. Yeah. Kind of felt like the blaster is really... It makes it feel Star Wars-y, right? Because it has this this classic Star Wars blaster sound. Exactly. It looks cool. It takes also out a stormtrooper in two hits, uh, three hits. So mm -hmm. it's nice. Yeah, that feels great. The two weapons I would say that are sort of special are the, the thermal detonators and the mines. Because you can sort of set traps, which um, isn't so much a thing in, in, in a lot of shooters at the time. Although it's a huge thing in Duke Nukem. Yeah, and Half-Life had like three types of explosives. And I never got to, to grips really with the term thermal detonators. I mostly hit myself with them. <laughs> Did you use any of the, the more interesting weapons a lot in your... In your like uh, Bjorn, when you when you got all the way to the end, did you did you set traps or was it mostly just blasting through? I think I used two mines just to see what they did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple of spots where uh, the thermal detonators were sort of useful if there was a guy that was sort of hard to hit with a blaster because. The auto aim's a little bit annoying. If there's someone on a high ledge, mm -hmm. you'll shoot right at him, but you'll hit the ledge because because the line sort of <laughs> passes through the ledge. So, um, so for things like that, uh, sometimes I used a thermal detonator. Um, I only remembered that a lot of the weapons had secondary fires when I was about two thirds of the way through the game. Uh, so that's what I started using the secondary fire on some of the weapons. But um, the mortar, I found I had the most trouble with it sort of had this 
specific arc that I yeah, couldn't get my head around. <laughs> I had the opposite problem, actually. I was using secondary fire mode all the time because I didn't realize there was a primary fire mode. So this, this, this green <laughs> thing, I, I forgot <laughs> what it's called. I, I was always using it essentially in shotgun mode. So it was draining my energy like, like crazy. So I was never using it until I realized, oh, you can also use control to fire primary mode. I, did, I still didn't know that. <laughs> I'd never figured that out. I finished the game. <laughs> <laughs> because all the other keys are right next to each other. So you have ZXC, like the classic the classic three, and one of them is secondary fires, sadly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's like crouch and jump, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't figure out jumping until it was required in a level. Early on, luckily, like level two or three, it makes you jump because I, I would have not, if, if possible, I would have just not jumped at all. Uh, ever. I guess the game doesn't really explain the controls. You're just expected to read the manual, I suppose. It never says how it actually works, which, you know, it it isn't unique. A a lot of games don't explain themselves in this era, but it's easy to miss a feature if you're just not aware of it. Yeah, I mean, just just put a screen there that says uh, X jump. It's it's not so hard. (laughs) It's that's the modern way. But yeah. Actually, I, I found that looking up and down um, actually had had was was quite useful in the game because first of all there was a lot of stuff on the ground that you couldn't see and there were like like ravines and and craters that you would drop into if you didn't look down, but also for aiming it was was really helpful. I didn't actually expect it to do anything for aiming, but it actually does. Huh. Even if you look straight ahead, then um, your Kyle will still shoot upwards and downwards, but you can make him shoot properly up and down by just looking there. Ah, and that helps with with hitting stormtroopers on a ledge. Yeah, normally this is this is not a thing in these Doom style games where yeah. it doesn't matter if someone is high up, you just sort of vaguely <laughs> shoot in their direction, and it'll it'll be fine. <laughs> so let's see. We we mentioned that the levels are typically pretty large. They get more complex as you go on. This is really the meat of the game, isn't it? Like all the the environmental puzzles and just navigating these large spaces that is the game i would say it's cool that that there are some really star warsy locations mm-hmm. like you're on a star destroyer at one point um you're on on jabba the hut's yacht uh, w- w- i think it was you nicholas who m- mentioned in the yes i kept waiting for for jabba to turn up yes <laughs> but there isn't even a rank or there is some other creature that you have to fight <laughs> And uh, Jabba doesn't show up uh, only in the cutscene. Yeah, that is a shame. I would have loved the Jabba the Hutt boss battle, but uh, <laughs> it's it's not there. I just like in that one um, that I don't know I can't remember what it's called the space dragon or something drops you in this space dragon pit and it's this giant lizard monster and he's taken away all your guns so you just punch it to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to punch it out. I guess that's that's what the super shields option in the configuration menu is for. <laughs> Which I actually I, I had it enabled for the first two levels because I didn't realize what it actually did. So there's this configuration menu, and one option is like graphics fidelity or something, and right below is, is super shields. I thought, of course, I want super shields, uh, assuming it was like a graphics option or anything. But then then in the first two levels, I thought, wow, this is really easy. I'm not really taking any damage. What's going on? <laughs> Am I so good at this game? But no, it's this option which essentially makes your shields super. <laughs> yeah. Are there are there difficulty modes? I don't remember. Yeah, there are three. Right. Before you start a mission, you can actually choose the difficulty. Ah. 
as opposed to other games where you usually pick the difficulty at the start mm-hmm. and then you're stuck with that for the rest of the game. Um, yeah, you just pick it per level and you can do it three times on different difficulties and, yeah, it's an interesting way of doing it. It's nice that you can change your difficulty while you're playing. You can just try a level at a high difficulty. and Very it modern. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, in, in very modern games, you can change it mid-play, but at least you can change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. There are some Star Wars cameos, especially in the cutscenes. Like there's Darth Vader and, and, and Jabba the Hutt we mentioned. There's Boba Fett. There are characters that, I mean, I'm sure the Star Wars fans are. This is really obvious stuff, but I have no idea who these people are. Like <laughs> Mon Motma. I think that's the, the sort of leader of the rebels. Yes, exactly. Um, I'm not sure that if you only know the first three films that you know the name of this character. But yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's an important one. Uh, you actually fight Jabba the Hutt in the game. At least that's what I read, because the fight goes by so quickly that you don't really have time to see that it's... Oh, no, not Jabba, sorry. You fight Boba Fett at one point, but the fight goes so fast that you don't have time to see that it's him. <laughs> but I read somewhere that the end boss on some level is Boba Fett. Which level do you know that? Uh, no, I don't remember. It's one of the later levels, maybe from level 9, 10 and onwards. Yeah, I didn't get to the end of this game. I got like halfway and it became increasingly like the first th- two, three, four levels. They feel doable, but then I don't know. It took me longer and longer with each one. And it's it's level 11, by the way. I just checked. Ah, the Imperial City. Oh, that one. This game does that to f- a few times where, um, I mean, if you played the Force Engine, it's not so much of a problem, but in the original uh, there's no saving during the level, mm-hmm. and then you'll just scrape by and you'll lose up all of your ammo, and then you're low on shields and low on health, and they'll drop a boss fight on you right at the end. <laughs> yeah. You can always punch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, Boba Fett is flying around the room, so, mm. so punching him is a problem. <laughs> It says here that you made a list of, of funny little things that, that break suspension of disbelief, Nicholas. Yeah, that's mostly to do with the puzzles. Hmm. And also, there are some places where you can clearly see a button and you know you have to press it, but for some reason you can't until you realize you have to crouch. <laughs> because apparently Kyle Katarn has the arms of a T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> and then there are, of course, like the data core puzzle where... The Empire has, for some reason, designed a data core where all the buttons are on the outside. (laughs) And you have to press them in a specific order to get into the data core. And also, there are no no buttons to open it from inside, but they've locked a lot of guards inside the data core with no way to get out. (laughs) (laughs) That's just how the Empire rules, right? Yeah, Um, (laughs) I guess they're evil. If they if they starve, <laughs> you just send more stormtroopers in to replace them. So. <laughs> also, in some levels, you get to an elevator, and usually the elevators don't have buttons. But in some levels, they have buttons, and if you press them, they send the elevator away instead of calling it to you. Hmm. It's also a little weird. Ah, uh, there's this one this one elevator level. I forgot which level exactly it is, but you have like a low security and a high security elevator, and then you have to put them in specific 
floors and uh, jump over them from the outside. It was I, I had to use a uh, walkthrough for that. I had no idea oh, what yes, I was doing. I remember I, that. Even after reading the walkthrough, I have no idea how you figure out how to do that. So. And there, are, I think, in general, the Imperial facility design is pretty bonkers. I don't know how they think when they design their facilities. Also, there's a conveyor belt. You you <laughs> go to the robotics factory and you go on the conveyor belt and they keep screaming, stop right there. <laughs> but you're on a conveyor belt. They could just press the stop button and you'd stop. <laughs> but instead they stand next to you and scream, stop right there. This conveyor belt section was really, really hard on the original controls because uh, to shoot at something, you either had to strafe and that, that's really hard to do when you have to shoot at the same time. So with, with keyboard controls, I, I really struggled with that section. And even they, they shout stop right there in other levels. But if you stop, they still shoot you. So <laughs> Well, of course they do. They want you to stop so they can hit. They are stormtroopers. Exactly. Please stop <laughs> yes. so I can kill because you. Because they're such terrible shots. <laughs> and for those of you that played this on uh, uh, not the force engine does the tie fighters that fly away in like the second to last level do they make a sound because i didn't get a sound they were just silently flying away and i was so disappointed because the tie fighter sound is so cool i haven't made it that far sadly yeah i think they were silent ah that's too bad especially for a game that has like um pcm audio in-game all the time, like you get radio messages and all of that. Mm. Wouldn't have been so hard. And the ship that you that drops you in your level and picks you up again, that also has a sound. So It's filled with sound. It's all, yeah, fully, fully voiced as well. It's, I don't know, maybe they just misplaced that one sound effect, possibly. Well, that was my list of, of uh, things anyway. Yeah, well, very good. Thank you. I don't know. It's, it, I mean, it's a pretty basic game in a way it's like you know it's a shooter we know we know what they're like so i'm i'm just thinking what what is there to talk about that sets this game apart i guess it's just the star wars theming right yeah and the cutscenes they they really worked for me i was just happy like i mean they, they really felt like a reward mm -hmm. when you when you finished a mission it was really a reward to see i don't know um, Darth Vader talking down on his officer and stuff like that. Yeah, it's an interesting style as well. It's it sort of has the full motion video feel to it, but it's actually pixel art. Although it's also rendered, pre-rendered, like the ships and stuff is 3D models, I think. But the characters are are drawn, right? Actually, a bit like um, The Last Express, right? Huh. Where the, the backgrounds were all photographs, but the characters were all uh, rotoscope. I was also thinking of Full Throttle, which is a mix of, huh. uh, of, of this 3D stuff with pixel art in the, in the cinematics. So I guess Full Throttle is also 95, by the way. So That's LucasArts as well, isn't it? Full Throttle? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it makes sense. Um, I was a little bit disappointed. I mean, I can I can see why and it makes sense, but you know, the game opens with this really cool intro and then you get a level and then you get more cutscenes. So I thought there would be amazing cutscenes between each level and there's not. From that point on, the levels, there's still occasional cutscenes, but some levels just follow each other, which, yeah, I don't know felt a bit of a shame to me like yeah. i was i was just excited about finishing levels so i could see more cool cutscenes and then 
there was none. I was just dropped into a next level. Bit of a shame. But I actually skipped the cutscene. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. I just wanted them to give me my uh, blaster rifle back so I can shoot more stormtroopers. That that is funny though. I mean, that in a way, the story is is the game. Like that's what it's all about, and it's also yeah, irrelevant. Exactly. It also doesn't matter. It's also just you know shoot everyone. That's also a, a perfectly valid yeah. way. To... Just like every other three D shooter at the time. Yes, exactly. There's this one level where you have to break um, a spy out of prison. The one with the elevators I just talked about. Hmm. And it, the briefing actually says maybe you should try stealth, but uh, I don't think anyone ever tried <laughs> stealth in that level because it's just easier to shoot everything. Yeah, I don't know if it's possible to use stealth in that in that level. I. I was thinking about it as I was playing. It's like, how how do I possibly get past any of these guards? Yeah, there's like a single way only from the room you start in and right around the corner, there's a stormtrooper. So how do you hide from them? Yeah. (laughs) There is a mechanic where they don't notice you or they do. Like, it's not programmed in a way that they just run at you always. Because Mm. I read somewhere that the headlamp actually exposes your location to enemies. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I do think they, they wanted this to be in there. Like you can hide and then, but nobody plays like that, do they? You just run in and shoot things. It's just, and it works out fine too. So why wouldn't you? Yeah. I did feel though, um, as opposed to Doom, where like uh, you shoot once and every enemy in the level comes right after you. Um, a lot of the time you'd have guys looking right at you um, or you shoot someone just around the corner and there's a dude just still standing there in the corner <laughs> mm-hmm. going, well, he's not shooting at me, so it's all yeah, good. That's also very modern. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. even in um, yeah. 2023 games, there are like uh, dead bodies all around and another enemy just walking by. Hey, what's going on here? I'm fine. It's... I'm just doing my yeah. patrol and that's... <laughs> I don't yeah. know about it. When they forget, they chase you after like 20 seconds. It's just a bit weird. Yeah. And we go back to running in circles. At least this game doesn't even pretend. No. No. It's, yeah, that's that's just a classic video game. Like the logic of working as a bad guy and all your co-workers are dead and you just, you just stand by that door and it's fine. Yeah. Is, is there anything, you know, particularly interesting... I think, that, yeah, like I said, the big thing is just that it's a Star Wars official shooter, but it's that's also, kind of it, isn't it? Yeah, I also just like uh, just how the story—it's not completely separate from the levels. A lot of a lot of games, you get the cutscene in between levels, and then the level doesn't really matter. It doesn't have anything to do with the story. But mm. this one, yeah, there's like a reason why you have to press this particular switch or get this particular item, and. As far as the level design goes, it's just the same as Doom or something. You know, it could be any switch, could be any key card, but um, just just having that little bit of extra storyline fluff over it just made it just feel a little bit more engaging, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in Doom, it's like you get these messages after the levels and they're just entirely uh, irrelevant. And in this game, at least <laughs> yeah. you know why you were in this place and why you go to this place. In Doom, it's just, yeah. uh, well, here's some text, read it or don't, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also the locations, like it makes sense that you are where you are because of the story. I guess it's just because they give you the briefing beforehand instead of at, at the back, like when you're already done. So yeah, 
I guess if you're really into Star Wars, you can you can be engaged with the story, or you can just play it as a shooter and don't mind. Yeah, it's it's both fine. That's how I played it. I think I just I just shot everything, opened all the doors I could, and then mm-hmm. if the if the level didn't finish, then I had to look at the uh, objectives oh. and see what I was supposed <laughs> to do. Yeah. That's, I think, honestly, most people play. It really works well as a shooter. I mean, shooting this Mm -hmm. Stormtrooper blaster rifle is so satisfying. It's just, Mm. I've I've had, I can't really remember any time where shooting a gun in an FPS was more satisfying. It's just that the the, the death animation is really satisfying of the Stormtroopers. Like, they really fall over. It's, It's just really good. Did it, did, do you think they filmed it or something? It looks... I don't know. It looks good. It it doesn't look fake the way they fall down. Maybe rotoscoped from a movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe we should look through all the um, original trilogy movies and see if we find the specific animation. <laughs> frame by frame. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say it's not impossible. They they actually like took it from a film. Like one yeah. guy falls over and that's... I think some of the sound effects, like the, the stormtroopers shouting, you there, stop, and all that. I'm, sh- I'm sure I heard some of those before. Mm-hmm. In, in the films. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Like you're in a film in a way. Mm. Um, yeah, I can see the appeal of that. Shall we talk a little bit about the team? Like how it was made? I don't know a whole lot about it, to be honest. Um, I mean, they developed this engine for it. You you wrote some things about this engine, didn't you, Florian? The Jedi engine, it's called? Well, I, I wrote... Um stuff that I have absolutely no knowledge about. So I just <laughs> picked the features that I saw and put them in the list. So Okay, okay. This was a time when when there was a lot of focus, I feel, on these 3D engines. Like, oh, you're making an engine. Oh, that's cool. This was like a big... Yeah, what was for a long time, really, right? I mean, at least until mm-hmm. the 2010s or so. I feel it was mostly, oh, this new engine has this new feature and it makes it look so cool. And mm-hmm. there was always this one killer feature that an engine had to have. And yeah, so in this, it's it's the 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 rooms over each other, I suppose. Yeah, that that one is, is pretty new for for games at the time, I think. But what I thought was even more interesting was that they actually have three D polygons in the scenes, mm, like small objects or something yeah or the spaceship that that takes you to the level and there are sometimes they were like um i don't know maybe it was a grinder or something that that rotated um stuff like that Mm, yeah and moving walls as well but those slanted walls which um, i think we had a discussion about whether it's more like the doom engine or more like the build engine Mm. i always felt the big feature that the build engine adds is that it has slanted walls and floors and the jedi engine doesn't have it so i'm i'm more in the um, it's more like Doom camp than in the yeah. other build engine camp. I guess it's a sort of an in-between. Yeah. I don't have the technical knowledge to to really dispute that. But uh, I used to do some levels in, in the build engine so I could see sort of the similarities with how I think the room over room thing works in this. Mm-hmm. And I think I botched the explanation before. Uh, I don't know if I can take two minutes to try to redo that. Oh. <laughs> but... Uh, in if you remember Duke 3D, there is a scene with a submarine mm-hmm. in the water, and the way it works is the submarine with the top half of the submarine and the water is in a, a specific sector. If you jump in the water, you're transported to another sector. That so you're not actually sort of in the geography of the map. You're not under the submarine. You're in another sector that depicts 
the underside of the submarine. Yeah, exactly. And then when you swim into the submarine up through the bottom, then you are in a third sector and you're just yeah. transported between the sectors. So that's that's how I think this also works. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it also has in a kind of smoke and mirrors kind of way. You can, I yeah, I, I remember I built a few levels back in the day as well in uh, Duke 3D, and I feel like um, Dark Force is the same way. You can actually directly overlay sectors, but you can never like the way you have to make the geometry is so that you can't actually see them both at the same time. Um, so you can kind of go around in a spiral circle upwards going over over sectors but as long as the bottom sector is not visible at the same time as the top sector um because if it is you'll get weird hall of mirror effects and things like that yes i think that's true but i think uh, that's what uh, the jedi engine fixed in outlaws ah. but so i don't have the technical knowledge so i maybe i should, <laughs> should have, uh, <laughs> elaborate on that no no it's good what sets the build engine apart is this um this ability to have slanted walls because texturing on walls and floors that are not perfectly flat or, or vertical, that's really hard to do with the hardware of the time. So that's why I still think it's more like the Doom Engine for, for the specific reason that the okay. game doesn't have that feature. <laughs> the, um, they, they actually worked on this game for two years, which, uh, well, I, I guess they also developed the engine in that time. They started in late 93, so... I don't know. I guess that's sort of the the height of the doom boom. <laughs> I don't know how to call it. Like, the, the, yeah, there was just first person shooter games popping up everywhere at the time, and the people at at Lucas were very aware of all the the fan made mods for Doom. Uh, you know, levels set on the Death Star and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think they just saw that and figured, well, if if people are making this stuff themselves and are interested, then we should just. You know, we just give them exactly this, like an official one. But they did have the idea, because they were um, famous for their adventure games, right? I mean, yeah, they they very much had this narrative mindset. So I guess that kind of shows as well in this game, that it's not a typical shooter in that way. It, it really does try to tell a story. I read that originally they wanted to have you play as Luke Skywalker, but... I guess well they had to work with the 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 Lucasfilm licensing department to get things approved and yeah you can't you can't make Luke Skywalker do all sorts of weird stuff right so it's very limiting in what you can do and are allowed so that's why they ultimately decided to create an entirely new character because then they had much more freedom in in what would happen What's kind of interesting is that most of the people who worked on this game are new hires, especially for this, like for this whole new 3D shooter sort of route. So it, it isn't the classic adventure game team. It's not like, you know, Tim Schafer worked on this or something. The project was led by Darren Stinnett, who did some 8-bit programming in the 1980s. Uh, notably, I found that he ported Thexter to the Apple II and the TRS-80 color computer. Thexter is a kind of an interesting game, so maybe it's it's just something we can look at in the future. It's a Japanese game, I think, um, and it's very cool. It's like Transformers. It's like a, it's a platformer where you're a robot and you can change into 
a, a jet, I think. So yeah, it's just a very cool, a cool stylic, stylistic game. And Darren Stinnett also later worked on Outlaws and, and lots of other Star Wars games, Starfighter, Republic Commando. So yeah, he was more of a project leader type sort of person, I think. The programmer who was in charge of the engine was Ray Gresco, who previously worked on a Falcon 3.0 expansion pack, MiG-29. So I guess that's where he got his, his 3D jobs from. And interestingly, maybe, is that after creating the Jedi engine and also modifying it for Outlaws, he also worked on Grim Fandango, which was, of course, also a... 3D adventure game, which was sort of the last generation of Lucas adventure games, right? They moved away from the 2D point and click stuff and yeah, wanted to give this 3D. The 3D hype was just huge, I have to realize. So it was 3D or nothing, I think. He also worked on Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine. Does anyone remember that game? It's basically Tomb Raider with Indiana Jones. Which is funny because Tomb Raider is basically Indiana Jones with <laughs> Lara Croft. <laughs> so it went full circle. I think uh, Ray Gresco is still active in the, in the game industry now. He worked for lots of companies after Lucas, you know, ultimately went bankrupt. Um, I found that he was the project lead for Vampire the Masquerade, which I don't know. I, it seems like a really obscure but cool game. He worked on a few titles I have never heard of, Aragon and the Spiderwick Chronicles. But then ultimately he went to work for Blizzard and he worked on such obscure games as Diablo 3, Hearthstone, Overwatch. So yeah, it seems like he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, like a big veteran now. The lead artist is Justin R. Chin, who worked on Accolade before he joined Lucas. And interestingly, Accolade is mostly famous to me, at least for their test drive series, like driving games, that sort of stuff. Uh, they also made Grand Prix Circuit, for example, which is a very early game we, we talked about. The second one, actually. Yeah. And Justin also worked on Test Drive 3, for example. So he was in that corner, but he also worked for the adventure games they made. And I, those are a lot less famous, but Accolade actually developed a bunch of adventure games. Altered Destiny is one of them. The Less Manly series is another. So yeah, it's interesting that Justin worked on adventure games before joining Lucas to me. And also I think these are just really obscure adventure games with, that maybe are worth checking out in future episodes because I've never played these. And I don't know if they're good. I, I can't imagine they are, to be honest. But, well, you know, maybe there's something there. I don't know. He also worked on Eye of the Beholder 3, which... Is that is that a game you played, Bjorn? No, I didn't get as far as number three. I did one and uh, two. Right. Yeah. Ah, uh, well. And, and Justin Chin um, not only worked on Dark Forces, but also worked on Full Throttle in 95. So I guess Lucas was developing these both and... Yeah, just using... Maybe that's one of the reasons why th they use some similar techniques in both games. I also found that he worked on a, on a Super Nintendo game called Big Sky Trooper, which they made in 95. And 
I don't know. I just didn't even know Lucas made Super Nintendo games like that. It's just a silly 2D action type game. It doesn't look anything like this. So seems very odd. The most interesting thing I think Justin did after Lucas, he worked for, for lots of games. Oh, he was actually the project lead for Dark Forces 2. So, I mean, that's a big step up. And he kept working in the game industry, worked on lots of things. But one of them was um, that Telltale Sam and Max game, uh, Ice Station Center, which I don't know. Is that the second one? I don't know. But yeah, that's, he, he worked on, on Sam and Max later and i found actually that game was re-released in 2021 it's now called beyond space and time because obviously telltale doesn't exist anymore but well it's it's cool that these games are are not gone i guess so it seems worth checking out the last the last member the last person on the team i want to i want to highlight is uh, clint bajekian who is the composer of the music, but he's sort of a legendary figure, really. I mean, he worked on... If you look at Moby Games and, and you check out the credits, I mean, I can't even... There's no point in starting to... There's just like a million games on this list. You wrote in the document he worked on all the games, and it's quite literally, literally all, the, all games. the games. So He worked on all the games. He made music for, you know, Monkey Island, Indiana Jones, the... Star Wars X-Wing, Day of the Tentacle, Sam and Max, it's everything. Rebel Assault, TIE Fighter, Full Throttle, The Dig, Dark Forces, obviously. Uh, everything. Uh, no, Moby Games knows about 122 games he worked on. So Yeah. He also did Outlaws. He also did Curse of Monkey Island, Grim Fandango. He returned to Monkey Island. Yes, yes, he was. Uh, actually, I think he was specifically hired by Ron Gilbert. You know, to get the old team back together, that sort of thing. So, yeah, he totally did music for Return to Monkey Island as well, the the latest one. He also did some music for Psychonauts 2, the, the 2021 Tim Schafer game. Yeah. I think uh, he, he wasn't doing the the music for the first Monkey Island. I think that was Michael Z. Land that did iconic Monkey Island theme. Yeah. That's right. He, he he did Monkey Island 2. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. And also, I think a lot of these games don't have just one composer. So he often, like Dave the Tentacle, for example, has three composers, I think. So he just did a section of the game. But still. Oh, but still, you get hired for one game and then suddenly you make all the games. That's, that's pretty cool. Hmm. Totally. Totally. So, yeah. He made... Well, like we, we mentioned, Return of Monkey Island. So he's still active, I think. He also did some music for World of Warcraft back in 2018. So I think he's still hired. He also did music for Broken Age, by the way, the Kickstarter adventure game. Yeah, he's just, I don't know. He's the guy. He's the, he's the music guy. One of them, at least. And also worked on Dark Forces. Although, I mean, it must be kind of odd to make Star Wars music, right? Because Star Wars already has this really iconic music. So I imagine it's just really a study of the Star Wars soundtrack, the John Williams thing, and then taking cues from that and trying to evoke that style. I wonder if he actually talked to John Williams for, for this stuff. 
I don't know if John Williams was just walking around Skywalker Ranch. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he was. I don't know. It works very well in the game, I think. Yeah. The music. Yeah. It's very yeah. orchestral and very cinematic and it's very Star Wars, really. I find it likely that they talked. I mean, the connection is, is easily made there, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a bit detached from the the things that I think about when I think about LucasArts. Uh, you know, all the, the, the adventure game stuff. I, I guess it makes sense if you're doing a 3D shooter. It doesn't make sense to have the same people work on that. So, but yeah, this was a time when, when Lucas was really doing well, I would say. So that wouldn't last. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they were really trying to be a big modern game studio at this time. And I, also, I think Dark Forces did really well, just like in terms of sales and also well um received very well in with the reviews but yeah this was a, a really popular game and it all worked out really well for them i think they sold like a million copies by 1999 so that's that's crazy that's way more than, than their adventure games actually Shall we talk a little bit about the further series like this first game dark forces it had a mac port which came out, I think, at the same time as the DOS version. And then later also got a PlayStation port, which I read was very bad. And people criticized it for being slow. Like, it had terrible frame rate and it didn't look good. So, I guess the PlayStation... It does have accelerated 3D graphics hardware, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't... I guess it doesn't really lend itself to the kind of renderer that this kind of engine has. I think for, mm-hmm. for Doom, for example, they wrote an entirely new engine. So mm. if you just port it straight over, I assume it doesn't work very well. Yeah, so the PlayStation version wasn't as successful. But we mentioned this at the start. It, it sparked a whole series, this game. The, the Jedi Knight series, weirdly, <laughs> which isn't, isn't a part of this game at all. But yeah, uh, just two years later, in 97, they made Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2. And then in 2002, they made Jedi Knight 2, uh, Jedi Outcast. So by this point, they just dropped the Dark Forces <laughs> part completely. And in 2003, they made a Jedi Academy, which is also a Jedi Knight game. I think it's called Star Wars Jedi Knight <laughs> Jedi Academy, something like that. <laughs> really catchy title. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough Jedis in that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Yeah. Uh, one thing I did want to bring up too that um, I was quite impressed by um, going back to the music is I'm, I think it's the first, is this the first game where they use the iMuse system where it sort of adapts the uh, the music as you play depending on what's happening? No. Uh, although. It's not the first one? No, no, no. I think it was Monkey Island 2 already had that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, even so, I, th- I thought it worked quite well and obviously a different type of game. Hmm. Um, you can imagine in Monkey Island, to, in, in like an adventure game, it would be quite easy because it's a very scripted style of game. I thought um, they were quite ahead of their time being able to sort of work it into an action game like this hmm. because I remember people praising like Left for Dead for doing a similar thing and going, oh, how technically advanced it is. Um, but, yeah, they had it all the way back in Dark Forces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. 
it's it's interesting that they did develop it for their adventure games, but then were able to use it in a shooter. I think they were just lucky they had this technology lying around, essentially. We can talk about um, some of the review scores it got. Yes, let's talk about reviews. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> did, did we check if Pix has posted his regular? Of course he has. Yeah. I found one Swedish review. All right. Where it got uh, five out of five. Nice. And the conclusion was run out and buy Dark Forces because you can both <laughs> jump and crouch. And that was the big thing. <laughs> yes. A lot of the reviews mentioned this. It's really fun to see this now. Yes. Uh, 30 years later, see that it was such a big thing that you could jump yeah. and crouch. So uh, Richard found like uh, five reviews in his collection of magazines, and they're all in wow. the 90s, mid to low, uh, low to mid high 90s range. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's won 180. Wait, what magazine is that? Yeah. PC Gamer <laughs> gave it 80%. That's a lot. Oh, all right, boycott PC Gamer. <laughs> Actually, my favorite magazine at the time, the Dutch magazine Power Unlimited, also gave it 80% or, or 8 out of 10. Well, I caught really. them as well. <laughs> well, they were really excited about the game. They were really positive. Their conclusion is, is this a Doom ripoff? It doesn't matter because the new features of the Jedi engine are interesting enough to make that question unimportant. And LucasArts adds another success to their catalog and gamers get another cool game. So that's that's not a bad review. Every review mentions the jumping and the crouching. It's like, oh, you can jump and crouch. <laughs> jump and crouch. Well, yeah. Actually, you have to do both at the same time in various places, right? Another thing that I thought Half-Life mm-hmm. invented, but apparently this comes also from Dark Forces, <laughs> because there are some places you can only get to if you crouch first and then jump to get um, mm-hmm. through a small opening that is at a jumping height. And Half-Life mm-hmm. did the opposite, where you can jump just a tiny bit higher if you first jump and then crouch while mid-air. So mm. it's very, very similar. But I found that German reviews of the game are typically a bit worse than, than the average. So there are many German oh, really? reviews in the, in the low 80s. PC Joker gave it 76%. Ooh. It would be worse now than it was back then, though, is a thing to remember. I mean, a, a score of like 70 or 80% may yeah. seem like kind of kind of mediocre now, but back then it was, you know, it's a fine score. It's good. Yeah, but still, if, if the others give it 90 and you give it 70, 73, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you need good arguments for that. Yeah. But that's a thing I've noticed when I've, I've mostly researched football games, of course, but uh, the German magazines, especially for games that aren't German, are very harsh in the <laughs> 80s and 90s with their reviews. An English football game gets 60, but if uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, a German game gets 85. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, actually, the, this, this criticism that PC Joker has is not that unfounded, honestly. Their main criticism is that they try to cross uh, puzzle gaming and shooter gaming, and by doing so, don't um, really fulfill the expectations of either. So... It's not, not entirely false, the statement. No, and it seems that all the the really glowing reviews, like the ones in the 90s... Star Wars fanboys, all of them. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's just, oh, it's Doom, I like Doom. Oh, it's Star Wars, I like Star Wars. Oh, it's both, oh my God, it's the best. <laughs> so that's basically all the reviews is 
you know, it's Doom with Star Wars. Yeah. PC Joker also says if this game wasn't uh, wasn't a Star Wars game, then maybe it wouldn't wouldn't be that that big. Huh. Yeah. Possibly. Although it is still a it's... a solid cinematic shooter. It was was fun playing, honestly. So that's still a, a sort of a novel, but it it does lean heavily on its Star Wars stuff. So they would have had to come up with a lot of lore and other stuff to make it work if they hadn't had access to the Star Wars things. Hmm. Oh, let's play. No, never mind. I thought I had a, a review that, that was very harsh, but it's for PlayStation. But still, um, yeah. <laughs> now Gamer for PlayStation, they say it's a disappointment and gave it 75%. So, hmm. PC Format, for example, is one of the reviews that Richard scanned in, and it gives it an 87, so a really good score. But it does talk about the how the levels are less than perfectly designed and ridiculously high difficulty make it a mixed bag of pleasure and frustration so the swedish review uh, mentioned the difficulty also it's very very hard mm. yeah i guess that's what the super shield is for <laughs> in a way make it easier yeah i mean it's, it's yeah. essentially it's a cheat in the configurations menu so mm -hmm. And there are lots of cheats not in the configuration menu as well, right? There's just the whole... Yeah, there are tons of cheats. Yeah, classic. We mentioned that the game is available on both GOG and Steam, and it's really cheap. It's like five bucks or something, and it's on sale right now, even. How is it outside of the digital option realm, though? Not, not too bad, actually. At least in Europe, on eBay, there are always a few copies on sale. If you want to do buy it now, it's like like 60 bucks. Range ranges from maybe 50 to, to 70, depending on how greedy the seller is. Um, but if you're patient... Mm -hmm. Is that for a boxed copy? Yeah, big, big box original yeah. release. Um, so not the white label or any re-releases. That's not too expensive even mm -hmm. for buy it now. And if you're patient, I checked auctions that usually sell for like 30 to 40 bucks. It's hmm. not too bad. I checked the main Swedish uh, trading site uh, for a few months back and I found the white label, the budget version with the, the white box with just a little uh, Dark Forces image in the middle that was on the site for uh, about one euro in February and went unsold. Yeah. And it looked to be in uh, pretty good condition. And then the only jewel case was... Uh, also on the site for maybe five or six euros, I don't remember, and it was also unsold. So in Sweden, you can get it pretty cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think people want the big boxes for their for their wall, right? And not the white label ones. Yes. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. There is one thing that I looked up and forgot to mention earlier. There was a demo of this game and it just had the first level. But it also had an opening cinematic, and it's not in the final game. It's they they cut it. It's like a Rambo style <laughs> Kyle preparing to gear up. You know, he's just taking all his all his things and getting ready for battle. That's not in the final game at all. That would be a bit kind of un-Star Warsy, right? Maybe that's the reason they cut it out. But it's still in the demo they released. So, yeah, and. Apparently, it's even on the CD. Mm. So the files are still there on the CD-ROM. They're just not accessed. Maybe it was a little anachronistic because he picks up most of the stuff as the game goes on. <laughs> hmm. It'd be weird if he had them from the beginning. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. So apparently it's possible to mod the game to make it play it again. Yeah, it's just a fun... I, it must have been a really late decision if it still made it onto the disc. So 
I don't know. I don't know who who said to take this out. But George Lucas himself. I don't know. <laughs> George Lucas came in. What is this nonsense? <laughs> uh, actually, I think George Lucas was um, involved in in promoting the game. It's always a bit awkward, isn't it? Like, I think he came on CNN or something <laughs> and 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 said, "Yeah, we have a we have a cool shooter now called called Dark Forces." He actually demonstrated the game. Like, yeah, here, look at look at this. I don't know what this was like, but I imagine it a bit like um, Bill Gates revealing Windows ninety five or something. <laughs> yes, yes, it's very much that. Yeah, so might be fun to look up on YouTube both the Rambo sequence and the George Lucas on CNN. <laughs> right. So is there is there anything we missed? It's it's kind of hard to uh, talk at length about this game, isn't it? I mean, it's it's a shooter. It's Star Wars. What is there to say? <laughs> I guess uh, I think Bjorn suggested in the forums that we play Outlaws. So maybe we should mention Outlaws as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, sure. Although that is a Windows only game, I think. Yeah, sadly it is. Oh, is it? Yeah. Ah, okay, then we shouldn't mention it. We shouldn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't exist. <laughs> Windows never happened. <laughs> we also mentioned Jedi Knight and stuff like that. Those were also Windows. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think it uses the same engine, so I thought it was, would be a... Yeah, and Outlaws, actually, uh, because I, I mentioned earlier, I played it a lot um, as a teenager. And it was a really good game. I, I really enjoyed it. Hmm. I believe that, yeah. So, I don't know. Any closing thoughts on, on Dark Forces? Should people play this? Did, does it hold up? Is it good? Honestly, from all the two and a half D shooters in, in quotes that we played, this one may be among my top two, actually. Maybe Doom or, or this one. Wow. I definitely like it more than, and I, I'm sure I will get uh, death threats for this, but I definitely like it more than, than Duke 3D. Uh, I, I think that's fair. And I think the real death threats will come in if you say it's better than Blood. <laughs> <laughs> because Blood is really passionate fans. <laughs> but I, yeah i think uh, it, it's worth a playthrough for sure mm -hmm. especially if you're a star wars fan i would yeah, say yeah don't don't have to be a hardcore fan right yeah. just if you if you enjoy star wars no. then there's, 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 there's some good content for you mm -hmm. exactly there's blaster mm -hmm. rifles that's and it make pew pew sounds <laughs> that's great yeah <laughs> yes exactly yeah and it's also cheap you know it's easy to run nowadays with those box and everything so why not pick this up for under two dollars and just have a go. I don't think it's... I don't know. I think the cinematic parts are the good bits. And the, the shooter bits are maybe not... Um, I, I don't think it's a bad shooter, but... I don't know. To me, it felt not as exciting as a lot of other shooters, maybe. So, it's just... I was really impressed by all the, the styling, the cinematic things in the Star Wars universe. And then... Oh yeah, there's also shooting, I guess. It's, I don't know. By, by the way, um, even if you're afraid of the harsh difficulty, um, as I mentioned before, I actually accidentally played the first two levels with super shields, and that was fun too. So <laughs> it's, it doesn't have to be hard to be fun. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's true. Playing it in the Force engine, I didn't find it uh, difficult, actually. I could hmm. probably play through most of the levels uh we're only dying once or twice maybe that's the best tip it has a sort of a life system that i don't know if we mentioned but you don't die when you die you have like five or six lives and when you do you can start the mm. mission over you don't have to start from the beginning so yeah, that, yeah. that's also different in outlaws i stopped playing outlaws because uh, i tried it now but i came like 
two and a half levels and then I died and I realized I had to start all over because I hadn't saved. Oh, weird. Ooh, yeah. It doesn't start between levels. Ooh, that's harsh. Weird decision, right? Oh, but if you can save, then that's different, I guess. Yeah, but but I think playing it in the, the Force engine is maybe a good tip for people who are, you know, maybe who find the, the old Doom controls a bit old. So, yeah, that's that's the way to maybe really make it accessible. Right. Did we miss anything? I guess that's the game then, right? So that's Dark Forces. We have some club admin stuff, yes. as, as we always do. Typical stuff. What's going on? So um, we just finished playing um, Discworld in April. Uh, because like yes. three days before we record this episode, it would have been Terry Pratchett's 75th birthday. So we picked Discworld for this specific reason. Or I did, rather. I picked. Mm-hmm. I, I set this date uh, years ago to play it in this month. And <laughs> we, we finally did. And that's great. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. Now May has started and we will play Speedball 2 this month. Yeah. And we actually held a poll um, about which game to play in June. Because originally we wanted to play The A-King, which is a new game by, yeah, well, essentially Friends of us who made it we talked about it in the in the last yeah. episode the alien legacy one because um the developer of the aching was a guest talking about alien legacy and and yeah they mentioned like oh yeah i made a game it's a dos game it's an adventure game and i don't know this is just yeah. so cool so i think we should just feature exactly. this game i mean it's a modern actual dos yeah. game how cool yeah it looks yeah, amazing definitely it does look definitely. amazing so for, for a while, we announced we would play it in June, but they actually asked us to move it to July. So instead, we held a poll which game to play in June, and we figured we hadn't had a racing game in like forever. Uh, so mm. uh, Carmageddon was the last one. That's what That was September 21. So <laughs> that's ages ago. And we, we pitched stunts, wacky wheels, the need for speed, and Indy 500 against each other. And... Um, Rather unsurprisingly, stunts won, I find. I was a bit surprised that the Need for Speed, uh, Mm. it took ages for it to get any votes at all. And well, in the end, it got like a few, but still, stunts has nearly half the votes. So Yeah, stunts is the big, the big nostalgic game. Wacky Wheels is is a close follower. Mm -hmm. I want to play Wacky Wheels someday. I mean, that's... No one's stopping you. (laughs) Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, you know, in the club format. Yeah, yeah. I actually voted for Indy 500 because it's the only one that I had never played out of the four, but it only got 9%. So, mm. yeah. Which is also a bit sad because I, in a way, I feel Indy 500 is the best actual racing game of these four. Mm. Yeah, the other so, are fun, fun, fun racing games. Yeah, yeah. And Indy 500 is like a simulation type game. You can set the, I don't know, the brake suspension levels and the angle of the... It's it's, it's crazy how far it yeah, goes. Especially for, I think it's a 90, uh, an 89 game, if I'm not mistaken. So that's yes, that's really old. And for that time, it's crazy. And it's real 3D too. It's polygons and uh, yeah. So it's a cool game. Uh, although I guess... The, the, People don't vote for it because it's just oval racing, maybe. So the tracks, is ju- it's just one track. It's a circle. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I've, I think it's really worth checking out someday. I'm not really a, a racing fan, but I think uh, Indy uh, 500 had really great crashes. <laughs> so yes, I, used to, yes. I used to go around the track the wrong way and crash. Yes, <laughs> that's the classic way. That's the classic yes. way to play it. Immediately turn around. <laughs> And it even had recording. You could re-watch it. Yes, from various <laughs> camera angles because it's yep. 3D. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I actually assumed the Need for Speed would, would win this easily, but no, far, far from it. No, it's not that popular. Yeah, weird, but oh well. 
As mentioned, in July we're doing the A-King. We moved it back one month. Uh, the reason is it will be on Steam sale then. So if you have not bought it yet and you would like this discount, then just buy it in July and then it's off. Although it's not expensive anyway, so... They also mentioned there would be a small content update until then, so... <laughs> yeah, maybe it's out, would be cool. But if it's not out, that's fine too. I mean, there's still a yes. base game there we, which we can check out, so yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's it. If you're into this DOS gaming stuff, you can head over to our website, dosgameclub.com, where we have forums where we discuss all the games. And you can also suggest a game, like for this one, for example. Um, you can send a voice message if you want to be part of the show to club at dosgameclub.com, like a Watchful did for this episode. So thanks a lot for that. Really cool. We have a chat room on Afternet called DOS Game Club, where you can talk with us live. It's IRC. I should think we should mention that. <laughs> It's an IRC chat room, really old school. Uh, and if you don't know how to work IRC, then we have a widget on the website, which takes you there. We are on Mastodon. We have our own instance called dosgame.club. If you want to join Mastodon and you want to be on our instance, you're welcome to. It's invite only, but you can request an invite if you get in touch and we'll send one to you. And if you're already on Mastodon, you can follow us. Uh, the account is called DOS Game Club as well. So it's DOS Game Club at <laughs> dosgame.club. Almost as, as catchy as uh, Jedi Outcast. <laughs> what, what was the title? <laughs> Jedi Academy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. Actually, when, when we researched um, the games for the poll for the June game, um, <laughs> we found that there were some quite interesting names, alternate names for the Need for Speed. It's like Nissan Presents the Need for Speed GTR. It's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the original title was Road and Track Presents the Need for Speed, where Road and Track is a, is a, a car magazine. So... Uh, yeah, it's people don't refer to this game as nope. road and track <laughs> today. <It's... laughs> right. Uh, and last but not least, if you're listening to this in a podcasting app, then maybe leave a review and, and rate the show. So uh, that helps to get the show out to other people and get it recommended. Right. That's it. Um, thanks a lot for listening. And, and thanks you guys for joining and being on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's very well, good fun. to be here on again. Thanks for My having pleasure. me. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Your place uh, is lovely. <laughs> right. Uh, well, b b see you later. Then. Bye. Bye. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.